0: Got some really exciting news for everybody. One month from today, March 11th, we are planning to come back to in-person services on not just Fridays, but Thursdays as well. So that means every week, starting March 11th, we're going to be meeting together at 60-50 in the Sanctuary, and we're also going to be meeting on Fridays in small groups. Depending on which group you're in, we'll let you know what room you're going to be in. But this is exciting. Uh, we, we've looked at all the data, and based on the fact that we're continuing to trend down and the vaccine is becoming more available, we feel that it's safe to begin to open as of today. Now... Anything can change down the line, obviously, as we 've seen, but our hope and our prayer is our target date is March eleventh so hey, if you haven 't you know been able to get with us online or you know if this has been difficult for you from a regular standpoint, hopefully the word gets out to you guys, and everybody will begin to understand that we 're going to come back and we're so excited I miss you guys so much, and this is going to be a lot of fun. so stay tuned for other details, but make sure you mark your calendar March eleventh and uh, we will see you. Here at Belmont. Uh, That being said, uh, I want to jump into the second part of the series that we started last week uh, called Ships. And so last week we talked about friendship, right? And how to make those decisions and figure it out. Who should be our friends? Because you do have a choice in the matter. Uh, And today, having it be right before Valentine's Day, uh, I want to talk to you about relationships. Now, I've often joked that if I preached on dating every day of the week... Uh, Excel would always be full. It's a topic that you can never exhaust. And it's something that people are always interested because quite frankly, that other person is always on your mind. You're always looking around. You're always trying to present yourself to be attracted to other people as a teenager. And me, even for a lot of adults, it's just this constant thing where, you know, we feel like we have to find that special someone. And I want to preface this entire message by saying that the goal in life and in Christianity is not marriage. And a lot of times churches wrongly have painted it that way. And and we've painted purity as, hey, just wait till marriage. Well, what if God never called you to be married? What if God set you up for a life of singleness? Listen, a lot of you need to understand that you are not made complete by another person. You are made complete in Christ. And so you're whole, you're good. God may bring another person in your life to help you accomplish the things he called you to do because he feels it's best for you. But you need to make sure for yourself That you don't feel this idea that, well, I just need somebody. Because here's what I've discovered. Especially when you get older and you start doing your own grocery shopping. When you go grocery shopping on an empty stomach, when there is a need to be fed, you end up buying a lot of stuff you don't need. You end up buying a lot of things that look good, but you realize later on, I shouldn't be eating these things. Or this was a waste of money. Or this was a waste of time. And the problem was... Because you are hungry, you are grabbing a lot of stuff. Whereas, if you were to go shopping on a full stomach, already satisfied, you're a lot pickier with the things that you select. And you start to pick things, not just uh, what you need, but some things that you like, but they still line up with more of your needs. You're not just buying a bunch of random, you know, it's not like you got a shopping cart full of bags of chips because I like chips. It's just, you know what, no, I got a balanced diet. I got what I need, and I'm not wasting money just because I'm hungry. A lot of times we waste money, we waste, we waste time, we waste our emotions on relationships that we should have never gotten involved in. But because there was this unsatisfied hunger within us, one that we didn't allow Christ to deal with, we end up getting into these relationships to fulfill a whole that they were never equipped to fulfill. And there's a lot of examples of good relationships in the Bible. But one example of a really bad one, or some, at least someone who makes bad decisions when it comes to relationships, was one of my favorite characters, Samson. In the Old Testament, if you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, before there were kings or anything like that, God had established judges, is what he called them, as people to help lead the nation of Israel. And one of those judges was a man named Samson. And Samson was bestowed with incredible strength. He's considered the strongest man in the Bible. He was a mighty warrior that was uh, called to defeat God's enemies, the Philistines. The Philistines were a people group that were constantly attacking the Israelites and trying to wipe them off the map. And Samson was a big deterrent to that. Now, he had all these vows that he had made, a uh, Nazarene vows, what they called it, where he couldn't eat anything off a dead animal or anything dead. He couldn't touch dead things. He uh, couldn't cut his hair, which was the most famous one. There was a number of rules that he had to follow. And for the most part, he followed those rules. But he very much flirted, not just with women, but with the lion. And so a lot of times he was led by, I don't know if it's his cockiness of of being so strong and being so powerful that he thought he can get away with a lot of things, but he was really bad at making decisions in relationship. We see on two occasions, some bad decisions he made. And I wanna look at the first time, actually a bad decision he made in marriage. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to look at Judges 14, verses one through four, and listen to what the Bible says. One day when Samson was in Timnah, One of the Philistine women caught his eye. Now remember, the Philistines are the enemy in this story. Like These are the people that not only is he not supposed to be in a relationship with, he's not supposed to associate with at all because they're trying to hurt him and his people and his God. But he caught the eye. This means she was attractive. And when he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. His father and mother objected, isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you can marry? They asked, why must you go to the pagan Philistine to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at that time. Now the Bible goes on to tell us that that relationship did not go well. As a matter of fact, uh, right at their wedding time, he had all these guys that he had rounded up, friends of hers, and he made a bet with them. He gave him a riddle, and he made this bet. And those guys convinced his wife, the girl from Timna, to trick Samson into giving him the answer to the riddle so they can win the bet. And so she ends up doing that, right? She ends up tricking Samson into giving him to the answer to the riddle. They come to Samson, super arrogant, like, we got the answer. And Samson knows. The only reason you got it is because she must have said something. And so he pays off the bet. But then he goes nuts. I mean, he, like, uh, burns down all their fields. He, you know, gets rid of the wife, hands it to to his best man. He's like, she's your problem. I mean, he went full-on rage mode, killed, like, 30 guys. Like, Samson went nuts on this, okay? I mean, this is a horrible, horrible breakup. But it's probably a relationship that shouldn't have begun with, right? This, a lot of times we get frustrated. We get mad because we're in these bad relationship situations. And we even can get frustrated with God when God's looking at you going, yeah, that wasn't me. I didn't ask you to be in that relationship. You put yourself in that situation. And oftentimes with most of our decisions, but especially when it comes to our romantic decisions, there's this battle in between us. There's this fight between what the Bible refers to as the flesh, your earthly desires, the things that we use physically, our eyes, our senses, you know, our hearts, Um, the flesh battles with the spirit, right? Right. The Holy Spirit that's in you, that's directing you, the voice that speaks to you, that tells you this is right and this is wrong. This is what God wants, and this isn't what God wants. And those two factors in you are constantly at odds, and you're trying to figure out, who do I listen to? And so I want to walk through, in this passage that I just read, the battle between Samson's flesh and the spirit and how that affects us. And so if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I need you to understand. The flesh, the flesh asks this question. When it comes to dating somebody, one of the first things we're looking for, do they look good? Now, let's be honest. We'd like to say, well, I'm attracted to their personality. I like somebody who makes me laugh, and, uh, and I like somebody who's really smart, or I like somebody who's you know, family-oriented. We say all these things, and they may be very true. But more often than not, the first thing we consider is how they look. Or even if they have all those other things, if they're not physically attractive to us, it's hard for that person to have an opportunity. The problem is the flesh makes it all about that. So I'm not saying you need to marry somebody you think is ugly just because it's the right thing to do. I mean, attraction has a role in it, but the flesh makes it all about the attraction. The flesh overlooks some bad qualities, overlooks some character flaws simply because they look good. Samson's only argument, right? His parents are like, are you sure? Don't you want to marry someone from our own tribe, someone from the people of God? And his only argument was, guys, you know, he's not saying you don't know her like she's a really nice person or she's a great like she she can convert. Like he's not making any excuses. He's saying, yo, she looks good. It's almost like he's saying you don't get it. She's hot and I want her. That's literally what he's saying to them. It's it's not love at first sight. It's lust at first sight. All right? He's just lusting after this is, you know, fleshly desire to want to be with her. And, you know, we get that from time to time where you see somebody and you're like, I'm going to marry that person. Right. I just, wow, look at them. You, you can be on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, and you just come across pictures. And that's my husband. We all have these celebrity crushes that we come up with. But listen to what the Bible says. First Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The flesh only sees and cares about outward things, right? The things that, that we present. And most people only present their best side. Um, you know, a lot of times what you're looking at on Instagram that you're so attracted to, or what you're checking out on TikTok are just clever angles, clever photography, uh, a lot of makeup, a lot of lighting. Like, it's just all these things that are presented in a way to make you think that that's ideal, but God looks so far beyond that. See, that's why we have to be able to listen to the Spirit, because while the flesh says, you know, do they look good, the Spirit asks, are they godly? Who are they on the inside? Now, again, this is important for you to understand. I'm talking right now to believers. I'm talking to those of you who say, I have faith in Jesus Christ, I have a relationship with God. This is why you need to listen to the Spirit, because the Spirit is in tune with the Spirit, and it wants you to understand that this question is more important than how they look. Are they godly? Be careful to make sure that they really are godly because I've been in ministry long enough to hear these things. Well, they believe in God or they go to church or their family is Christian. And those things sound appealing, but usually when we're saying that, we're justifying the fact that we know they're not godly. They don't have a strong relationship with God. They're not heading in the same direction that hopefully you and I are trying to go we're making this excuse in order to justify the fact that we want to be with them, mostly because of how they look. But listen, Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 through 28, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. You need to be careful, especially, you know, we're coming back into youth group and we're going to be in person again. There's going to be a lot of people that are excited to see each other. And you got to watch how people treat each other. You can't just see the outside and make a decision on that. Look at how they treat their friends. Look at how they treat their family. Look at how You know, I was always told, look at how a woman respects her father. Look at how a man respects his mother. That's a good indicator of how they're going to treat you. All right? Watch these things. That's why when we tell people in dating, say, hey, date in groups. Because anyone is going to put their best foot forward. Look at how they interact when their friends are around. Look at how they interact when people who influence them are around them. Watch these things. Don't just look at, you know, how they look on the outside. But look at how they act from the inside out. Uh, god 's word says we 're not to be unequally yoked, meaning not just that we 're not to date people outside of Christianity and again, a lot of people might have issue with that but here 's the thing: if God is the most important part of your life, as the Bible tells us he should be if if he if you 've given your heart to the Lord, if He is the one who reigns over your life to be to get romantically involved to get that close to somebody who doesn 't have that same feeling it 's the same as if you date someone. Who doesn't like your family, who doesn't want to be around your family, and and you're close to your family, right? This means that to be with this person, I need to alienate myself from my family. Now, again, if you love your family, if you're close to your family, you would never take that. Well, think about it in the same way with God. If your greatest relationship is with the Lord and you get into a relationship with someone who has no hope or no uh, willingness to have that relationship, then it's already not going to work out. And you can't even get with the idea, well, oh, they're open to it. Well, when they do it, maybe I'll consider them. But for right now, they're not an option. For right now, I got to move on. And that's why we got to be able to listen to the spirit. You'll avoid a lot of heartache if you make the hard decision now. The second thing that I noticed in Samson's story is that the flesh asked this question. Do I like them? Do I approve of them? Right? Uh, Samson could care less what anybody else thought. Samson's like, I don't care what my mom and dad think. I don't care what my friends think. All I care is what I think. And listen, I'm not saying you need to listen to everybody, but your opinion isn't the only one because oftentimes we're blinded by our own infatuations. Listen, Proverbs 26 verse 12. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Proverbs 15, Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Again, we can be blinded by our own passions. We can be um, tricked by what we think we see. Uh, you ever notice, think about this, if, if those of you who have dated, after you break up with somebody, suddenly you realize, man, that right eye hangs a little lower than the left eye. Or, or, oh, they have nasty teeth. Or, oh, I can't stand the way they act. Like we suddenly, for the first time, see all these traits that we don't like or see these things that we find unattractive. And the the reason is, They always look the same. It's just how you felt about them change. And so you want to be careful making these decisions only about the looks. That's why we need to seek counsel. We need to see somebody with an outside perspective who's not compromised because of their emotions toward the person, who knows us, who knows our relationship with God, and who's willing to give us good counsel. I'm not saying they're the ultimate judge. I'm not saying that they have, you know, the first and last say-so on the situation, But it's someone who's advising you. It's someone who's giving you counsel. It's someone who's saying, hey, listen, I know you and I know how you are. Be careful with this or watch out for that. Or, hey, I think this is good for you. That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit asks the question, does the authority in my life approve it, not just me? See, it's not just asking anybody. God has already placed people in your life that are responsible for your care. People like your parents, people like your leaders, people like even teachers to a certain extent. These are people that care about you and that wants what's best for you. Now, it's important going back to the first thing. If we're looking for godly answers, we want godly people. So don't just go to advice to your other moron friend who's in the same class making the same dumb mistakes as you. They don't know what they're doing. They're going to help you figure out what you're doing. You want to go to people who have been where you've been, preferably somebody who's older, somebody who's in a strong relationship, somebody who's married, somebody who's been through it and has done well. You want to see somebody who has a healthy relationship because a lot of people are in relationships and they're not healthy. You want to go to people that are godly, that have strong relationship with God, who have made that their priority, and they're going to help guide you in that same way. Samson ignored his parents, people who, who were trying to guide him on the right path, and he just dismissed him. Listen, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be of your benefit. Listen, I've tried to give counsel to a lot of people when it came to relationship, not because I wanna be all in your business. Honestly, that's one of the most annoying parts of ministry. I don't like being all in your business, but I have a responsibility before God To care for you spiritually. And if I see something that's going to cause harm to your spiritual life, then I have a responsibility to let you know. And a lot of times people blame me for the way that the relationships are going or get mad at me because they say, hey, I don't think this is of God simply because they want what they want. Now, am I always right? No, been plenty of times where I wasn't always right, but my intentions were always right. That's why I'm not the ultimate judge. I'm just an advisor. This is what I sense And so if you are listening to that, and if you're willing to heed that, take it into consideration. When I was dating my wife, I took her on a tour, man. I introduced her to all the men and women in my life that I trusted, that I knew were going to give me godly counsel, that loved me, that wanted what was best for me. And I had a lot of comfort in that everybody I introduced her to gave me a good report. Everybody felt like, this is good for you, Joey. She's right this all works well. I had a lot of confidence because the people that I trusted and, and that I looked to for advice were willing to give me honest feedback, and I was fortunate enough that it was all good feedback. Third thing, and, and this is the last note, the flesh asked the question, well, God didn't say no, right? That's, that's the flesh's thinking. When we're thinking about who we want to date and we finally ask God, simply because God says no, we think that that's approval. Uh, Judges 14 verse four says something interesting. Let's look back at that. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at the time. Now, if you don't pay close attention, this may appear as if God approved of this relationship with the Philistine woman. But we know that God was against, uh, or that God told the nation not to marry unbelievers. So he's not going to go against what he's already said. It's not that God was in favor of this relationship. God just knew what Samson was going to do. God gives us this thing called free will. And so we get to make decisions in our lives. God's not just going to always stop you from making a bad decision. God knew what Samson was going to do. And God already had a plan to use this bad decision for a good outcome. And so it's not that he approved of it. It's not that he sanctioned it and said, Hey, this is what I want for Samson. It's listen, this isn't going to work out, but I'm going to turn it for the good. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes. Wait patiently for the Lord. What is that telling us? Just because God didn't say anything doesn't mean that means yes. You don't just take a no answer for approval. You wait until you get an answer right and sometimes that means not doing anything sometimes that means not moving forward until you have a definitive answer that's why instead of just going off of no answer the spirit says i'll wait until i get a yes right i'm not going to make a decision i'm not going to move forward until i sense and i get confirmation from the lord that this is the decision he wants you not just in romantic relationships but really in anything when you learn to wait on the lord to trust his judgment to to allow him to guide your steps, you will prevent yourself from tripping and falling in a lot of situations that we run into simply because we try to run ahead of God. Listen, Psalm chapter 143, verse 10 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. My gracious spirit, uh, may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Right? The desire of the psalmist is saying, listen, you're my God. You're the one that's in charge of my life. And so I need you to teach me to do your will. Well, what does that mean? That means you're not going to do God's will naturally, right? Because naturally you're going to go with what your sinful nature wants, right? We're prone to make decisions that are contrary to what God wants, that are contrary to what the spirit desires. And so I elected the psalmist saying, God, I need you to teach me how to follow your will, because I understand that As your gracious spirit leads me, it'll give me firm footing. It'll make sure that I don't trip and fall. It'll make sure that I stand strong. If you can learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit when it comes to decisions in your life, especially romantic decisions. I'm guaranteeing you, you can avoid a ton of heartache. You can avoid a lot of bad decisions. You might be even able to avoid a future divorce because you are willing to listen to the Spirit of God. You are willing to listen to the Lord and allow Him to guide your steps. Now, Samson kept making these same mistakes. You would think that after this situation with this Philistine woman, he would have learned his lesson. But the truth is, he did it. Right after that, he ends up flirting with a Philistine prostitute. And again, uh, he's just kind of entertaining this thing. And uh, she ends up being um, a spy for the Philistine army. And they convinced her to trick Samson into telling them the secret to his strength. And the Bible tells us that multiple times she asked Samson, and Samson You know, would lie to her just messing around and would tell her, well, if you do, you know, this, I'll lose my strength and, you know, tie me up with this kind of rope. And so she would tie him up and then the Philistines would come in to capture him and he'd break the ropes and he'd beat them all up. And this happened a couple of times. You'd think that Samson would get the idea, man, maybe this girl's not trustworthy. Maybe this woman isn't the person that I'm supposed to be with. But Samson wanted what Samson wanted, even when he knew it wasn't good for him. Maybe he just thought, well, I can always get away with this because, hey, I always do. And that's the problem a lot of times when we get away with situations. It's like a procrastinator. A procrastinator is born because they get away with procrastinating. And a lot of times when we get away with getting into these bad relationships and messing around with things that we shouldn't be messing around with, we feel like, well, I wasn't struck by lightning, so this must be fine. But I want you to notice something, and this to me has always been one of the scariest verses in the Bible. Judges 16, 20. She said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out um, as at I'm sorry, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. Let me pause right there. This is already multiple times that it's happened. And he says, You know what? I'm going to do it like I've always done it, right? I've been in this situation before. I got caught up before, but I'm one of the strongest men out there. I'm going to do what I always did. But he did not know, going on with that verse, that the Lord had departed from him. It got to a point where God put his hands in the air and said, you know what, Samson? You're on your own. Listen, if you ignore God long enough, don't be surprised if you turn around to look for him and he's not where you thought he was going to be. God's still moving forward, and if you're unwilling to follow, don't be shocked that you're left behind, and I don't want to get caught in a situation where I need him, that I want to look for him. I want to make sure that I'm always where God is, and no matter what situation, I can turn to him. Young people, I'm saying this because in your heart, you feel like if you don't find someone now, you're going to be alone forever. No one cares for you. No one's validating you. No one's affirming you, but I need you to understand, this is the season Where you learn to love God first and foremost, where you learn to be affirmed by Him first and foremost. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to do that in your life, it becomes a lot easier to choose somebody else. My goal in life is to make sure that my daughter is loved and affirmed by her family and by her Lord, to make sure that her greatest relationship is with Jesus, so that when some bougie looking dude with some, you know, fancy hair and and nice style comes trying to sway her she won't be fooled by his looks she'll be able to look straight into his heart and see if he's somebody that's worthy of her hand because god has said so or god has not i love my kid and i want to make sure she makes the best decisions But i need you understand i love you too and i want you to make the best decision so i want to pray right now and ask god to help you do that heavenly father we thank you lord because you've given us the opportunity to make these decisions. But we also thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us to ourselves, that you guide us, that your spirit will lead us, that you'll speak to us. And so, God, I pray right now. Lord, if it's your will for these people that are listening right now to find a spouse, Lord, I pray that they would wait patiently on you, God. I pray that they wouldn't run ahead of you, that they wouldn't be drawn in by looks, that they wouldn't be drawn and attracted by the personality, Lord, but that they would weigh it by the Spirit, that the Spirit of God and the Spirit in them would outweigh the flesh in them, God, that you would speak truth to their heart and that they would follow your leading so that they can stand on firm footing and do everything you called them to do. Lord, I pray against heartbreak. Lord, I pray against things that want uh, attack their purity. God, I pray that you would keep them and watch over them and guard their hearts in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for all that, and we pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.